trails of troubles, rows of battles, hands of victory, we shall walk. Good afternoon and welcome to WEHC. You're tuning in to She Walks with Sharon Bowers and Carly Blaylock. And we're so glad you're here with us during uh, the holiday season. And uh, we're, we're just uh, going to talk a little bit about where we are right now. I asked Carly, could we kind of move from our format and talk a little bit about what's going on right now? And I'm sure uh, for a lot of people, this is a, a difficult time. The holidays just come and bring supposedly a lot of anticipated joy, but also a lot of grief and anticipated grief. And so we want to talk just a little bit about that. But Carly, how are you doing today? Let me ask, let me get that out first. And I'm I'm not asking it from a cliche perspective. I'm asking it for real. How are you doing today and during this holiday season? Well, I am doing well, um, but I think I'm feeling the same kind of stress of the hustle and bustle that a lot of people feel this time of year. And you're exactly right. I think one, it's important to check on each other, right? During this time, because there is such an expectation of like, this time should be filled with joy and love and all of these wonderful experiences. But that is certainly not the case for everyone. No, it isn't. And I think recently we wanted to talk a little bit about, I know that the whole, um, I guess I shouldn't say the world, but uh, a lot of places, especially in America, we're experiencing the most recent suicide. And of course, it's not that suicide doesn't happen all the time. And I think you may have some statistics and you can tell us a little bit about that later. But, you know, when it happens and it happens from the perspective of the media or TV land or places and spaces. And so most recently, the the dancer on the Ellen DeGeneres show uh, and the mus- the musical person, I think he's a dancer by profession. But I mean, uh, everywhere I go, people are now talking about what we are believing is right now a suicide during the holidays for somebody who, according to most people's standards, would have it all. Right. So we're talking about the passing of um, Stephen Boss, who goes by Twitch Boss. He is a DJ and a dancer and was most famous for being on the Ellen DeGeneres show and basically kind of rose to be almost her co-host and was one of those people and this sounds cliche, but it's certainly not. I mean, he just always had a smile on his face, was always, you know, the life of the party. So when you hear someone about someone like that who has committed suicide, it can feel extremely shocking and it can feel extremely sad because he just seems to be so full of life. And I think it just goes to show that it's so important for us not to make assumptions that we know what's going on in someone's life or that someone is in a good mental health space just because they are smiling a lot or lively. Yeah, I just, it's really hard. And I think this happened like December the 13th. I know it's fresh. It's everybody's talking about it. I mean, the the circles that I go in, they're like, you know, this man died by suicide at the age of 40. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most people are saying, you know, what, how did that happen? And I don't think we'll ever really know how that happened. And I think that not to discount him at 40, but also since our show is about intersectional feminism, um, really talking about women and how women are affected you know their mental health is is um it's 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 real for women and it's real primarily in the form of depression and that can be long term and over years of feeling quote unquote some type of way you know yeah absolutely and i think especially around the holidays that feeling of pressure it is all on me 
quote unquote, to make the holidays special, to cook all the food, to get everything ready, feeling like, you know, maybe there's socioeconomic concerns. And so you can't get the toys for the kids that you want to get, right? Constant um, need to be on, need to be present. And that's very counterintuitive to the way that we feel during this time of the year, where we feel like we want to kind of slip into hibernation and we want to be cuddled up on the couch watching movies and like letting our bodies rest. And yet we're asked to go, go, go the whole time. And that's just not, it's not good for your mental health. And if you already have some things that you're struggling with, with your mental health, it just makes that 10 times worse. And, and I think one of the things, Carly, you're, you're so right. Cause I know like right now I'm struggling with too many things to do. Mm-hmm. And, and it's affecting me too many things to do. I come into my house. My house looks horrible. It looks like no one should live in this condition. And, and I'm cognizant and I'm aware, and I'm aware that this is not my normal. And so I've got to kind of use some time management skills to make that happen. But what if I did not have that? Or what if I had a diagnosis of depression that I'd been battling with, you know, for most of my life? And so, you know, these feelings of sadness and and these kinds of things, they would be normal, quote unquote. But for people who have depression, you know, it might be signs that they're actually struggling. And and I wonder, like I was talking this morning to a colleague and she said, how could they not have known? And I, I remembered like, what was his name? Robin Williams. And I remember you know, Robin Williams would be a master at covering up feelings using comedic relief. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, sometimes we just don't see what we see. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, using comedy to mask how you're really feeling or numbing yourself to the point that you're not really acknowledging how you feel, not wanting to feel like you're a burden to your friends and family. So you're not really telling them everything that's going on. I mean, all of that is extremely common. And while I understand that it's like natural for us to be like, oh my gosh, how did somebody not know? It also feels like we're putting some pressure on like his loved ones to be like, well, why didn't you do something? And that's not, that is not at all fair. And that's not how suicide works. No. And I am convinced of this. I know there are some people who attempt suicide and this is Sharon Bowers and this is not medical. And so if any of you medical professionals are listening, please call me and take me on for this. But I am convinced that people who really want to commit suicide do. And I think the other people are struggling. You know, they're in that balance between will I or won't I? And then I also believe that sometimes people don't intend to do it sometimes, but it, the results are that. And and so it's it's one of those things where you just don't know. You really and truly just don't know. If I'm seeking attention, quote unquote, you know, I'll take it any way I can get it. But if I'm really crying out and I'm crying out and nobody's hearing me, then I might do something that I normally wouldn't do to try to get someone to hear me. Yeah, you're right on. I mean, suicide's extremely complicated and people attempt suicide for many, many different reasons. And it's just extremely complex. And I think it's one of those things that, you know, neither one of us are mental health experts by any means, but I think it's one of those things that you can't prescribe like a one size fits all. To, no, to and, suicide. And you can't say like, you know, how did, I mean, it, like I said earlier, seemingly he would have it all a wife, partner, who happens to be a wife, children, like you said, almost the co-host on Ellen's show, probably an amazing friendship with Ellen and Ellen's family. And I, I read an article where he 
I think back in 2013 or something, he told his dad that he was going to be a, a dancer, you know, I mean, and it's kind of like, that's not usually what, what sons tell their father they're going to grow up and be. And yet this was his path and he took his own path. And he said, you know, he never did what people expected him to do. He always lived contrary to expectations. And you think somebody with that strong of an ego, and then this is the end result for them. And I think, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to preempt our show that was scheduled and to talk about mental health and all of this, especially during the holidays, is because it can be overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be referencing an article today called Putting People First in Mental Health. And it is uh, McLean's Guide Managing Mental Health Around the Holidays. Um, and there are several things listed in this article as to why people might be particularly down during the holidays, you know, feeling like you're lacking holiday spirit. And because of that, you don't really want to attend events. You feel that pressure, feeling the pressure to spend a lot of money that you may not have or may not want to spend. And then there's also the biological and physiological element of like, you know, there's not a lot of sunshine. And we know that that impacts mental health, right? We know that when the days get darker and the nights get longer, that our mental health tends to dip. And there's also like, you're going through grief or a loss or a breakup or something. And you're also having to navigate the holidays at the same time. Lots of different elements, you know, all kind of mixing together here. And um, there's some strategies in this article as well with how to deal yeah. with that. But those are like some key elements that happen and it's okay to feel those things. And it's okay to say, yeah, I'm really not in the holiday spirit and, and honor that feeling. Yeah, I, let's let's talk about each of those a little bit, Carly, because I think it could be beneficial. I know for me, I, I practice Christianity. This is the first year I haven't put up a Christmas tree. Mm. One, I moved from a four-bedroom house to a two-bedroom house. So the question would be, where will you put that tree? That's, that's mm -hmm. question number one, which makes it kind of like, nah, don't really want to do that. I'd have to move a bunch of stuff. And I'm already living. I told somebody the other day, I feel like I'm living in a storage bin, you know, uh, because there's just so much stuff around. I, I think that it's important to kind of process. And that that's the gift that I've had is that I've been processing where I am. I've been cognizant enough, alert enough and to kind of work through that. And I think this particular article gives some good strategies for people because I've been asking myself, why aren't you in the holiday spirit? You know, I've asked myself that question and I'm not sure that there is such a thing as a holiday spirit, but I have not gone to buy gifts for anyone. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and by now I would have a tree with a million presents under it, you know? So um, what, what are some of the things that, that the, the writer of that article, I think it was McLean, what are some of the things that, you know, when you hear those words, like, you know, you don't have the holiday spirit or what's wrong with you or you know, you're not doing the things you used to do. I mean, all my family's been asking me, how come you haven't put up a tree? So what are some of those things that you could do about that according to that article and then anything else that you might could add? There's some really great strategies here. Um, the first is recognizing that you don't need to force yourself to try and pretend that you're in the holiday spirit when you're not feeling it, allowing yourself to feel that emotion, allowing yourself to acknowledge that to um, understand that that is extremely normal and that you're not alone. There are many, many people who feel the pressure of the holidays, who feel like they have to be on all the time and don't want to participate in that way. And so that's extremely normal and you're not alone. That's number one. There's also a caution here about trying to avoid your feelings or numb your feelings or force yourself into the quote unquote holiday spirit by using alcohol. We know that a lot of like holiday parties and things like that have alcohol present. 
and to try and kind of force yourself into numbing those feelings with alcohol or other substances. And then they also suggest that you surround yourself with people who are feeling similarly or celebrate traditions that are important to you, come up with new traditions, or just say, you know, it's okay that I'm not participating this year. This year, I'm just going to be in hermit mode and that's what I'm going to do. And that's what I need to do this year. And, and acknowledging and supporting yourself in that and being in your corner and allowing yourself to do that. Yeah. See, I think those are really, really good strategies because I know, and especially for me, because I've been practicing those, I've been telling myself it's okay not to have a Christmas tree. And mm-hmm. and I've, I've also been kind of realistic because one of the things, uh, I'm a widow. And so one of the things that my husband and I used to do all the time was we would go to a tree farm and select a tree. And, um, the first year after my husband died, I, I, I did that anyway. I'm like, I'm going to keep up the tradition. I'm going to go and I'm going to select a tree on behalf of us, you know, that kind of stuff in my grief. And then the next year I thought, nah, I'm going to get an artificial tree. And so I got an artificial tree. And so that went on for a couple of years. This is about the going to my fifth year and I'm not having a tree. So I had to ask myself, Hey, let's be realistic. Um, is this, does this have anything to do with that grief that sometimes comes up? you know, during the hol- the holidays. And it, I'm not necessarily overwhelmed with grief and loss, but I know that there are people who are because there are people who, I mean, like we're talking about Twitch and his family, his mother has said some things on uh, Facebook about their relationship and then his wife and his children. And I read an article where it says more and more, it feels like people check out during the holiday, whether they're just dying or whether they're doing it themselves. And so this grief, this loss, this trauma, this loneliness, all of those kinds of things that people experience. What does the article say that we can do about that? I mean, or, or, and how do you feel about that? I mean, have you, have you ever experienced any grief and loss during the holidays? I think that's the hardest time. Yeah. Um, I haven't experienced grief that's happened during the holidays, but I also know if you've recently experienced a loss that didn't happen during the holidays, that first holiday without that person can be extremely hard. And this article says, if holiday observances feel inauthentic, because they're probably going to, if you're experiencing a lot of grief or loss, then don't force yourself to celebrate, like Mm -hmm. allow yourself to basically not participate in the celebration aspect, you know, try to connect with a therapist, your faith community, your friends who can kind of hold space for you maybe participate in some quieter observances, right? If if going to church brings you comfort, you know, absolutely do that, but don't worry about attending the big holiday party, right? Um, So trying to connect with those elements of the holiday season versus, oh, I have to go to this party and everybody's going to be happy and laughing and drinking and I don't want to be around that, right? Yeah. Or the whole couple thing, you know, if you've been part of a couple and everywhere you go, there are couples and that that's kind of one of those big things. A woman in my church said the other day, I I had mentioned something from the pulpit. Uh, I'm clergy for those of you who may just be tuning in. And I mentioned something and she said, oh my gosh, you're doing so well. She said, I'm nowhere near there. And and I just stopped her right there and said, there's no comparison with grief and loss. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be where I am and I'm not going to try to be where you are and I'm not going to try to be where somebody is. And and I told her, I said, you know, we, we, we say all the time that time heals all wounds. Well, time really doesn't heal all wounds, but it is our friend. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the longer you're away from the event that caused the grief and, the, and that, you know, threw you into experiencing the loss, the, the better it gets, you know, it really and truly, truly does. But what I think one of the things that Guy uh, McLean talked about was uh, feeling pressured to participate in activities when you don't want to. I kind of experienced that at Thanksgiving. One, I was kind of using the phrase, thanks living, 
instead of Thanksgiving. And then two, I was kind of boycotting some of the, the way that American history has painted Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So I, I was boycotting some of that, but in reality, you know, I didn't do any of the things that I used to do there. And, 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 and there was some pressure for, for me to participate in those activities the way that I always did. And so I think this article gave some pretty good stuff about what happens when, you know, people are trying to make you participate in holidays and and you don't want to, how can you go about doing that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So self-care, prioritizing self-care is extremely important. Um, Accepting your own limitations and being patient Mm. with other people's limitations during that time, trying to practice a lot of empathy, seeing where other people are coming from, but also a lot of self-empathy and self-compassion, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's extremely important. And kind of stepping into your own version of what you want to do, right? So if you don't want to participate in the traditional Christmas dinner or the traditional Thanksgiving dinner, what's something else that you could do instead? Maybe you want to volunteer during that time. Maybe you want to go take a hike and just, you know, be on your own in nature, right? You know, finding those sorts of things that you can do for yourself that are different. And so maybe could even be a new tradition for you. Um, You know, a lot of our traditions are, well, we just do it this way because we've always done it this way, right? And I think there's some comfort in that, but there can also be an extreme amount of stress and pressure in that as well. And so, you know, look at your traditions, look at the things that you normally do, participate and do the things that you feel attached to or that you want to do, but also allow yourself to explore new traditions. Okay, this year we're going to do, we're going to celebrate the holidays this way. And this is what we're Mm going to do. We're going to try it out and see if we like it. Um, And so not feeling so tied to, well, we've always done it this way, right? And I wanted to mention as well on the um, grief and loss side of things, the holidays can also be extremely stressful for people who have recently had a crisis of faith or Mm -hmm. someone who has maybe left a um, traditional religion and is sort of like exploring things on their own. That can be really hard too, because you don't really know what traditions to practice, what traditions to kind of leave behind, feeling like you don't really have anything to replace those traditions with, that can be extremely stressful and hard as well. Right. Yeah. And and I think, and even when you start some new ones, because my husband and I had started some new traditions. We went to the beach every Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, that. <laughs> and of course that, that was that was major with my mom because my mom, we had done the same thing for Thanksgiving for 40 years, you know, and uh we just decided we'd rather do something different. And so we did the beach and, and so we had started that tradition. And now I guess I was feeling some type of way trying to be pulled back into an even older tradition than the one that I've been Mm -hmm. doing, you know, for the last decade. So um, yeah, those are, those are are real, real life things. And, And I mentioned earlier about the whole shopping thing, Carly, I guess, I've, I, I use these words because of my faith, but I really feel like I am blessed, lucky, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are few things that I want to do within reason that I can't do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this whole stress about giving and getting gifts and sharing and sending out cards and all of that kind of stuff, you know, I mean, I, I want to give my family and friends permission not to celebrate me that way. I'd much rather say, hey, let's go have a cup of coffee. What a Christmas gift. You know, what a holiday gift to be able to go and and just kind of hang out with you for a little while. But I don't expect when I get there that you've brought me a gift. And so I have a, an event next week with uh, two clergy friends and we, we do things together all the time. And one of them was talking and said, oh, well, I've got you all's gift. And I thought, oh, man, that yeah. means to go to dinner 
at the outback at the pinnacle that I have to now go shop and find two gifts, which I wasn't planning on doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. And I'm in sort of an interesting position because gift giving is one of my love languages. I love to give people gifts, mm-hmm. but I understand that because I feel this too, that the holiday aspect of it adds so much pressure. And instead of thinking, oh, I picked this up because I thought of you and I thought you would enjoy it and it would bring you joy. It's more, well, I have to buy you something. So I'm going to just pick something up. And that's what it feels like. And and that consumerism side of things can be, it can zap the joy out of the holiday, honestly. Um, And it doesn't feel like everything is thoughtful or I picked this up just because I thought it would bring you joy. But now it's, well, I had to buy you something, right? And I I just, that, I hate that. It just takes the whole fun out of it for me. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I feel that because, and I like both of them and I've done things with them and for them and given them things before. Like you said, that I wanted to do that was non-holiday related or anything. But now I've got to go and show up with something. When it was, my gift was just going to be to have those two hours or ever how long it took to have dinner and to talk. That was going to be more than enough for me. But now I'm hearing from one of them, at least, that a gift will be presented. So, yeah, I I don't know how we how we get out of that. Well, the good thing. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say this article does have some really good strategies, practical strategies that can be helpful for people who might feel the way that you and I do. One is, you know, going personal, right? Writing someone a poem or a short story or framing a photo of the two of you together, right? Those personalized gifts um, Mm -hmm. can mean more than than anything else sometimes. And so that I think is an excellent way to give a gift that means something. Acts of service are great gifts, right? So if you Mm -hmm. know that someone needs something done, but they don't have the ability to do that or the time, you know, doing that for them can be extremely helpful. And then if you do want to still continue with the gift giving, you know, drawing names or doing a secret Santa or um, white elephant or sometimes called Yankee swap, right? Those are really good ideas because that adds game elements. So you're like spending Mm -hmm. time together, Mm -hmm. you're having fun together um, and you only have to buy one or two presents, right? Which I think is helpful just from the practical socioeconomic side of things. But what we do um, in my family is we draw names for the adults. We all buy the kids something, right? But then for the adults, we all draw names. And I really like that because it allows me to focus on one person and really think, what would this person like, right? And instead of having to just buy something for everyone, I really get to spend the time and the energy focusing on one person and making that person feel special, which I think Mm -hmm. is a really great way to do that. Right, right. Well, those are things I think that could help people, especially, you know, here we are in this financial situation where- everything costs more and people have less, you know, a lot of people have less and a lot of stuff costs more. So yeah, I I think that's good. I think also one of the things that you mentioned was about the sunlight Mm -hmm. and uh, how it can affect our mood. And, And I guess that would be, you know, we, we used to talk about internal locus of control and external locus of control. And so some people really do operate from the inside out. I'm one of those people. So the outside really doesn't affect me much. If it's raining, you know, there's some people like, oh my gosh, it's raining. And I'm like, oh, it's raining. You know, it, I'm not the kind that that it changes by outside. Mm-hmm. And, and yet I think there are some people who it, it could increase their symptoms of depression if it looks like they can't get out or can't do as much as they used to do. And then here we are in what we call daylight savings time. I've, I I think 
I think we should not ever change the to make it light in the daytime in, in the morning and dark at night. I think that's such a waste of our of our time since mm-hmm. we have to work, you know. Yeah. So, um, so you're exactly right. You know, seasonal affective disorder, um, is sometimes called the winter blues, but it's much more intense than that. And it, it can be more severe than that. And basically it's that whole sunlight piece, right. And that, that mm-hmm. does have a real effect on our mood and our chemistry and all of that. So obvious ways to sort of com- combat that is to be outside as much as possible in the sunshine. Um, they make sunlight, lamps that um sort of mimic that sunlight which can be really Mm -hmm. helpful i've even seen people on their tvs at home they'll put like a beach landscape or something on the background of their tv to just kind of add that extra like oh look there's sunlight right um (laughs) and there are ways to sort of do that getting outside and going on walks even on days that are kind of overcast or a little dreary just getting outside breathing some fresh air and getting that little bit of sunlight anyway can be helpful um, vitamin D, you know, taking some vitamin D can be helpful as well. So there are ways to sort of combat that, but you know, that does deeply impact people's mental health for sure. Yeah. I know today, this morning I was out and I thought, oh, I've got to look and see what it's almost warm enough for me to walk. Now I'm a person, I don't like to walk if it's under 50, but I was thinking today, I thought this might be a day that I could press it just a little bit and get out and, and walk and just feel my body because I'm thinking, yeah, I, I need that, especially during during this time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, did he have one more, uh, Carly? Um, yes. about mm-hmm. feeling alone or isolated um, during the holidays. You know, if you don't have a lot of family that lives close by, those sorts of things. Um, so in that case, you know, taking advantage of other ways to connect, um, you know, try to be like on FaceTime with your family, those sorts of things, but then also have like a friend's holiday, right? I know people do like Friendsgiving, right? Um, so spending time with your friends, Um, you know, your found family, that sort of thing. Calming activities such as reading, meditating, gratitude, journaling, those sorts of things can help you connect back with yourself and kind of relieve that feeling of isolation. Um, And then self-care is just the pinnacle, right? Extremely important that you continue to practice your self-care. I would also add that whether you are in therapy or not in therapy, having a therapist during this time of the year can be very helpful um, mm-hmm. and maybe scheduling some additional appointments. If you feel like that's something that you need, attending a support group, those sorts of things could be very, very helpful as well. Yeah. And and I, I hope, and I sincerely pray also that, you know, people will during this time that I, I think you're going to give the suicide hotline and, and those kinds of things, because I think it's critical for people to use those numbers. And, 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 and I know that's easier to say if you're not the person who's depressed if you're not the person who's, you know, experiencing this this feeling of isolation or this big grief or loss or whatever, and we're going to give you a phone number and tell you somewhere that you can call. But but even in that, I mean, talk to somebody, find somebody who will listen because and 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 those of us who are not experiencing depression and 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 may not have ever, but we've got to have our ears attuned to hear what other people are saying because there are signs, and I don't think that puts pressure on us to like in in, in Twitch's family to have known. I'm not saying it like that. But what I am saying is if you're talking to someone and they're telling you things that about how they feel or how they don't feel or where they are, or if you keep getting the same excuse or something, those are real telltale signs that maybe you just need to talk to that person or listen to what they have to say. And 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 I know that listening is not, not all the answer, but as you said, find a therapist, find somebody to talk to. But those of us need to be the kind of people that people can talk to mm-hmm. because that very thing I've heard some people have told me that they were in a state and somebody spoke a word that revived them. 
Somebody spoke a word that gave them hope. Somebody spoke a word that let them believe that they could come out of this dark place and that there really was light at the end of a tunnel. And so we've got to listen. We've got to hear what people are experiencing and not just blow it off and not just have that cliche conversation. You know, I remember I used to teach communications and I used to talk about cliche conversation. And I think we do it a lot with people who are hurting. You know, you come in and you say, how are you? And you say, I'm not well, my mother died. And they say, oh, well, it's so good to see you and keep going. Mm, They're not hearing, they're not listening. That's cliche conversation. They are already anticipating what it is that they're supposed to say next. So they're not really hearing you and they're definitely not hearing your heart. Yeah, absolutely. I think making sure that you're checking in on your loved ones during the holiday season, making sure that everybody, you know, that when you ask them how they're doing, that you're genuinely listening and helping, you know, if there's something that comes up that you're genuinely there for that person, holding space for that person. We do want to leave you with the uh, lifeline. It's the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. It is 988. It is available 24 hours. Um, Languages available are English and Spanish. Um, So definitely please reach out, use the lifeline if you you feel that you need it. Um, Sometimes you just need to talk to someone and that is completely fine. Find local support groups, spend time with your friends, spend time with people that fill you up and that really genuinely see you and hold space for you. All of that is extremely important during this time of the year. Yeah, Carly, that's great. And, and, And just find somebody uh, or find that thing that turns the light on for you, you know, uh, just, just find, find that. Cause that is so important just to get through the day. Cause what a difference a day would make just one day, one day could have made the difference in Twitch's life. And one day could make the difference in each of our lives. So just that one day, find a source of the light in everything that you do and everything that you say, look for the light. <laughs> Absolutely. And we do we do hope that you all are able to find some peace, some joy, some quiet time, take care of yourself and take care of your own needs during this holiday season. We will be back next week with sort of more of our, our continuing discussion around leadership and change models, but we're, we wanted to kind of pause that discussion and take the time to talk about this today. So I'm really glad that you all were here with us for that discussion. If you have any questions or you want to talk to us about anything else further, please let us know. Um, otherwise, we will see you all next week. All right. Take care. Bye. Pass on the victory. We shall walk.